Yorkbound Publications. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash channel slash ukoalau3skluxio4ja43sw. Getting to the paper. Episode 1, Summer, 2002 Recap, Amanda was a 16-year-old little suburban white girl who longed for the hood life. Amanda got a small taste of what she longed for when a she met a black girl named Kim, from Philly, who had recently been transferred to her high school. Kim was a hustler. She used her connections from the city to bring weed to the suburban town to sell. Kim quickly learned that there was more money in selling cocaine to her classmates, including Amanda. Kim and Amanda got close. It wasn't too long before Amanda began selling cocaine with Kim. Amanda wanted more of the hood life so she began hanging out in clubs in Philly. At one of her club outings, she got pregnant during a one-night stand, by an older guy who she didn't even know. Back in the suburbs, Kim graduated high school, left the little town, and headed off to college. Kim was Amanda's connect to the strut life, and her avenue to make some money for herself. Amanda needed money now more than ever. When her parents found out Amanda was pregnant, they kicked her out of the house. Amanda found shelter, moving in with her friend Kayler who lived up the street, but Amanda still had no income. She called up Kim and asked her for a favor. Kim was completely out of the game, but she did do Amanda a solid and introduce her to her cousin Reggie. Reggie was the guy who used to supply Kim back when Kim was selling drugs. Reggie was a bad guy. He was a petty stick-up kid turned small-time drug dealer. Reggie was also a violent person who had killed people for messing up his money before. Reggie ended up giving Amanda $10,000 worth of cocaine to sell for him. Amanda was happy. She had employment again, and she was hoping to save up enough money so she could move out of Kaylee's mother's house and find a place of her own for herself and her unborn child to live. Things went left for Amanda when Kaylee found Amanda's stash of drugs, stole the drugs, and then skipped town with her drug addict friends. Amanda was in big trouble. She owed a very dangerous man a lot of money, and even worse, she had no way at all to pay him his money back. It was surely only a matter of time before Reggie came looking for her. Instead of hiding and trying to stay as far away from Philly, and Reggie as possible, Amanda decided to head straight into the eye of the storm. She went to Philly in search of the father of her child, who she did not know. Amanda tracked down the father of her unborn child. His name was Pitbull. Amanda quickly found out that Pitbull was everything the hood was really all about, not the shit she'd seen on television. Both were broke, but Pitbull's scheming, conniving, and scamming helped the two to quickly rise in the street life. Pitbull made a bunch of enemies along the way also. Amanda and Pitbull were on top of things for a minute. In the midst of their rise to power, the couple's child was born. A son who the couple named after his father, Irvin P.D. Thompson. Pitbull's scheming past caught up to him while Petey was still very young. Pitbull was arrested and eventually sentenced to 10 years in prison. Amanda managed to escape being arrested for the moment, but she was a young woman, with no money, and a young child to care for. Life was going to be really tough, for her and young Petey. Amanda and Petey ended up finding what was supposed to be temporary shelter in the Fairhill Projects in North Philadelphia. This was different from the sheltered life that young Petey had been raised in, as he quickly discovered. Petey and Amanda befriended the neighbors who lived in the apartment right next door to theirs. Single mother of two kids, Beatrice, her daughter, Sharita, who was five years older than eight-year-old Petey, and Beatrice's son, Walter, who was the same age as Petey. 
Petey had a crush on Sharita from the moment he laid eyes on her, even though she was much too old to even pay any attention to Petey. Walter, however, became Petey's new best friend. Walter was a weird dude and he was very small. That made him a target to the bullies in the neighborhood. Petey became the target of the bullies by extension. Being Walter's friend came with that price. Walter went out of his way to avoid the neighborhood bullies. After getting beat up by the bullies one time, Petey knew avoiding them was not the way he wanted to live his life. Petey knew he needed to learn how to protect himself. He did just that when he met an odd man named Karate Ken. Petey became Ken's number one student and quickly learned martial arts. Petey used what he just learned on the leader of the neighborhood bullies. After beating up the neighborhood tough guy, things in the hood were looking up for Petey, and Walter, by extension. Meanwhile, Amanda was looking for a way to make some money. When the feds locked Pitbull up they took everything the couple had saved from their illegal ventures over the years. Amanda was back at square one. What's worse, was Amanda couldn't even get a legal job if she wanted to because she was currently wanted by the law. Amanda tapped her inner hustler once again and got busy. She opened up a speakeasy in her apartment. The money started flowing in once again. When it did, Amanda tried to give Petey all of the things that she couldn't afford just a few months prior. Having a bunch of unknown people at your place is not really a good idea, especially when your place is filled with nice things. A lesson Amanda learned the hard way. Amanda's place was robbed. She quickly went out in search of revenge on the culprits. Amanda ended up in jail. Petey ended up growing up having both of his parents in prison. Petey was now being grazed by Amanda's next-door neighbor B. Walter began being mixed up in the street life. By the age of 13, Walter was a name people around the way spoke of with respect. Petey tried to stay away from the street life and focus on school. But when Petey saw an opportunity to make some money that seemed to carry no risk at all, he couldn't help but to take it. Petey's opportunity ended up puttooing Walter in a jam. To save Petey, Walter ended up killing his boss. Petey continued his career in the street life after Walter had to flee because he was wanted for murder. Petey ended up getting locked up at 13 years old. Petey came home from prison and moved in with Amanda who had recently been released from prison herself. Amanda laid down two simple rules for living under her roof. 1. No drugs and 2. Get a job. Petey broke rule number 1 almost immediately when he came up off of a small amount of cocaine that might get him on his feet quickly. Petey had a chance meeting with a guy named James Gentry. Gentry was some kind of a big shot in the neighborhood. Petey had no idea what Gentry did for a living, but when he offered Petey a legal job, Petey jumped at the opportunity. Petey's first day on the job was supposedly to be training. While on the job at the very first day, Petey found himself being asked to kill a man for a reason he did not know. Petey was torn between doing the right thing or showing loyalty to his new mysterious boss, decisions, decisions. Dash. As Petey looked over at Rocco he could clearly see that Rocco was dead serious. This little legal job that Petey had taken thinking this was the first step to getting on the right path, was beginning to look like it was about to turn into some of the most criminal shit he'd ever done in his life. If Petey wasn't so shook right now he would have laughed at the irony. Petey's thoughts quickly shifted once again. What the fuck would happen to him if he didn't shoot this guy? Was Rocco going to kill him right here on the spot? Or maybe Gentry would have him killed at a later time. Maybe Gentry would send someone to his house to kill him, which would put his mom in jeopardy also, and she had nothing at all to do with any of this shit. What kind of shit had he got himself into here? Petey was beginning to panic. 
That panic made the decision for Petey. He took one more look at the gun before he raised it and put it to the head of the unfortunate gentleman currently tied up in the chair. Petey told the guy that this was just business and not personal. He didn't say it with words. He'd said it with his eyes in hopes that the guy would be able to interpret the message before Petey sent him to the afterlife. Petey pulled the trigger. The gun made a clicking noise and he could feel that the pin had hit the hammer. It clicked as if it had been fired. But why the hell hadn't anything come out of the barrel? Before Petey could think about it any further, he heard the sound of Rocco laughing loudly. Seconds later the little white boy joined in. And after a few more seconds, even the guy tied up in the chair was laughing through the ropes that gagged his mouth. You better check yourself and make sure you didn't shit your pants. Rocco said in between laughs as he bent over trying to catch his breath. Petey stood there with the gun in his hands, clearly still confused by what was going on. Petey's confusion grew twenty times larger when the white boy that had been standing next to him began untying the man sitting in the chair. Rocco still laughing uncontrollably, walked up to Petey and took the gun out of his hand. Petey looked at him as he removed the silencer from the weapon and put it back into his pocket. Petey smirked before he finally spoke. So this was some kind of initiation huh? Rocco finally stopped laughing as he placed his 9mm in its original resting spot in the small of his back. No, this is payback for you being an asshole. Petey nodded. He had been kind of rubbing the beating he put on Rocco back at the strip club in his face all day. Okay, I admit, I probably deserved that. But what's going on here? Just as Petey said that, the man who had once been tied in the chair and looking like he'd been severely beaten, returned. His face now miraculously showed no signs of the beating Petey assumed he'd taken before he'd arrived. Rocco nodded his head in the guy's direction. That right there is Lenny, and the skinny dickhead is Hank. They're actors in a production that Mr. Gentry is going to be putting on at the club later this week. Hank nodded before he spoke up. So I'm guessing the new makeup is acceptable? Rocco nodded his head vigorously. Acceptable is an understatement. That shit is outstanding. Mr. Gentry is going to be floored when he sees this shit. Rocco, Lenny, and Hank stood around talking about the production for a few minutes before Rocco went into his pockets and broke the pair off some money from his bankroll. A few minutes later him and Petey were on their way out the door. Petey left out of the house more confused about his job and what exactly it was, than he had been when he walked up in here. Dash. Pitbull sat in the room of his cell block acting like he was watching television. Pitbull wasn't watching TV though. He was watching everything and everyone around him. Plotting. Pitbull had not changed one bit in the ten years he'd been locked up. He was still always plotting and looking for some type of scam to come up off of. Pitbull had originally been sentenced to a 10-year prison sentence. That was for the RICO case he got caught up in. The feds ended up hitting Pitbull with a separate charge for having false IDs after he was convicted in the RICO case. The fact that they waited to charge him with the IDs after he already had one conviction under his belt indicated that the government was out to get Pitbull. He took a plea to get the first 10 but decided to fight the second case. That didn't work out so well for him. Because of his record, he got seven years on that charge. A person with no criminal record probably would have got between six to eighteen months for the same charge, if they got hit with any time at all. The judge decided to run Pitbull's two sentences consecutive. Meaning, he wouldn't start serving the seven-year sentence until he'd finished serving the ten-year sentence. That was seventeen altogether. Maybe 14 and some change if he managed to collect any good time, 
which it was looking like he was not, because Pitbull was always in some shit. Hell, he didn't follow the rules on the streets, what the hell made you think that he would turn into a law-abiding citizen just because he was behind bars? Either way, the government had it in for Pitbull, and they slapped him upside the head pretty hard. Pitbull was not one to ever let anyone get the best of him. Not even the government. Pitbull had no intention at all of doing his entire 17-year bid. Pitbull didn't even plan on giving the government any more than the 10 he'd already served. Pitbull had a plan. A plan that he hoped would get him out the door a lot sooner than he was supposed to. Dash. Amanda had a man. She was happy about it too. Amanda was only 34 years old, even though it felt like she'd lived at least twice that long. Amanda's current boyfriend Bryce was someone she'd met shortly after she got out of prison. Bryce used to work at Amanda's job before he just randomly quit one day. Bryce had been attracted to Amanda from day one and she knew it. She'd always managed to keep him at arm's length without having him completely walk out of her life though. At first it was because Amanda had just come home from prison and figured that she needed to get herself right before she even considered allowing herself to get into a situation. Around the time Amanda was getting used to being a free woman, and beginning to adjust to her new life, another obstacle came between her and Bryce. Petey. Amanda was not going to bring a situation between her and the son she was attempting to rekindle a relationship with. Once again Bryce got put on the back burner. Amanda wanted to wait until Petey got a chance to adjust to the outside world and adjust to being around her again before she decided to step into a relationship of any kind. Now, that Petey had a job, Amanda knew that it was her time. Petey seemed to be on the right track now, so it was time for Mama to get her groove back. Amanda was waiting for the right time to introduce Bryce to her son. She hoped that things would go well when the two met. Her new man and her only child getting along met everything to Amanda. She had no idea what she would do if the two didn't hit it off. But she figured she'd cross the bridge when she got to it. She hoped like hell that it never got to that. Stay tuned for episode 2 coming soon.